0: And we're live. All right. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies, a place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So without further ado, Um, I'm going to allow our special guest, Mr. Brandon Phillips, to introduce himself.
1: Yeah, uh, Brandon Phillips, um, I just recently self-published my first novel a couple months ago um you know it's something i've been working on quite a while and then you know i the you know the first draft got to a point that it was either do something or leave it alone or do something with it so um decided to go ahead and bite the bullet and you know i got it published so um that's about it. Um, originally from the Pacific Northwest and is settled now in Houston.
0: So you like rainy weather, then I take it?
1: Uh, not so much. <laughs> is that why you didn't go back? Uh, no. Um, I, I married a, a Houston girl. Um, and then when I got out of the, oh. the Navy... Um, I was getting into the oil and gas and offshore. So, you know, it just everything lined up and you know, it was a natural place to make a new home and come back home for her. So, you know, it all just kind of works out in the end.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, this is the part of the introduction, dear listener, where we tell them how we first found, it, uh, found him. But uh, so I'm going to let you in know on a little secret. This is classified. But he's my WITSEC handler, and he's such an amazing uh, agent, but he never takes credit when he's, when he's earned it. Um, so, you know, we decided we'd have him on the show. All right. Nobody believes that, and nobody's laughing at my jokes, and Seska's not here. So we'll just uh, say that he's a veteran who writes military thrillers, and uh, I figured you guys would tolerate one deviation from our normal fare since we don't normally do thrillers. We do sci-fi and fantasy, but uh, he's a fan of the show. He reached out, and, you know, we do try to help other veterans. So here we be, as they say. Uh, the cool kids say. At least that's what I tell myself. Anyway, so we've got the religion question, sir, and this is where you get to decide if you stay or if I have to boot you from the show. So, <laughs> right, Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly?
1: I'd definitely have to say Firefly on those. Um, I just like the whole universe. Um, it seems, you know, a lot more. Believable, and now um, yeah, I, I just just you know the whole backstory with the brown coats and um, just all the characters on the ship as a whole.
0: Okay, fair enough. Firefly is an acceptable answer, uh, so you get to stay. You got one more round in the hot seat, but Harold's uh, of Valdemar. Lord of the Rings or Sword of Shannara?
1: As definitely Lord of the Rings on that one. Uh,
0: yeah, I've on read, the classics.
1: Yeah, uh, i i read the I have read the Hobbit two or three times. Uh, read at least the first two of the trilogy for the Lord of the Rings and uh, a few other Tolkien books as well.
0: so I will just have you know, dear listener, that it's not my dog this time, but uh, we, will, we will move on. So uh, we here at the Blasters and Blades podcast are uh, like both the fantastical and the scientific. So what was your first love, sci-fi or fantasy?
1: I guess it would have to be fantasy um, out of the two. Those were the first ones I read, uh, you know, growing up. You know, Lord of the Rings, C.S. Lewis, uh, Wrinkle in Time. And then uh, if you can throw comic books in there as well.
0: Okay. Uh, What was your first comic book?
1: Um, Aside from the X Men, uh, the Teen Titans. Okay. I think we're the first ones. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough
0: what uh what was your first memory out of all of those genres of speculative fiction uh
1: i guess for that would probably have to be um pretty much all of tom clancy um but specifically uh like the net force series okay that came out around the two thousands, um, you know, that it was, it was a lot of the things that I liked of uh, the the plausible technology and, you know, some things that were, you know, maybe just a few years off, and um, and then of course all the the, the descriptions and you know, in-depth technical writing and all that.
0: Okay. So what is it you love about the speculative fiction genre? Is there any one thing that you like?
1: Not exactly. Other than maybe the ability to be wrong. Oh, Uh, go on. Whereas like um you know like i think some people and even in sci-fi they just kind of gloss over everything and do like the hand wavium or it works because it works kind of stuff you know i i like the uh you know maybe it this isn't how it will be but this is you know how i think it's going to be you know okay you know say like I know more or less how nuclear power works, so why you know, why not take a stab at uh fusion reactor or you know, something like that or energy powered weapons?
0: Or... Okay, so how did your love of the speculative fiction genre translate into you writing novels in that field, broadly speaking?
1: I guess just because I think a lot of it was I was didn't read discover like all the self-published authors for a while in that, that universe. So when I started writing, it was you know a story I wanted to read and stories that I didn't see anywhere else. Um,
0: that's not a bad reason to do it. So many authors let their own real life experiences influence the stories they tell. So were there any specific formidable moments that shaped you as a storyteller?
1: I guess one of them would be where uh, when I was in Virginia, I went to do um, or stumbled on a, a book signing and uh, it ended up not happening. It got rained out, but I still picked up, uh, the guy's book. Um, and he is a retired Navy 06. And, um, so I, you know, I took the book home, I was reading through it and there was uh, some of the stuff in there that I, that he was talking about that I knew just enough to ask some of my buddies about is like, how the heck did he put this in there? And they're like, well, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> so um, so that was one eye-opening moment uh, for me is uh, not exactly going like the depth that he did, but just use my background and uh, things I've seen and um, To create kind of a you know the, a modern naval warfare uh, world, I guess you'd say. Okay. So
0: speaking of naval warfare, uh, your bio mentions that you served in the U.S. Navy, which you, you hinted at broadly speaking. So we uh, we ask broadly speaking, we ask all of the authors who are also military veterans this question. But how do you feel like your time sailing the seven seas affects the stories you tell? <laughs>
1: It affected it a lot. I mean, there's a lot of sea stories in there. And uh, I think that's another reason I started writing was just to have an an outlet for a lot of things. And um, again, to create a space where I didn't see a lot of, other writers doing it from this side of the the fence, so to speak. Okay.
0: So do you ever draw from people you knew in the military for characters or characterizations?
1: There's a couple one-for-ones, but for the most part, there are a lot of mixes, um, especially with the the not-so-friendly, not-so-nice characters. They're, you know, uh, amalgams, I guess. Um, you know, just so I don't get fussed at and you know the the guilty shall remain nameless, kind of thing, but, um, yeah, as a whole, a lot of it,, um, and not just from the Navy, but from working offshore for several years as well, um, people, places, things that are stranger than fiction.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so, do your um, does your time in the service, and now we've talked about how it affects the stories you tell, but how does it affect the way you engage with content as a reader or consumer?
1: Mm, I'm not sure how to answer that one. Um, but I guess from being a, from being a Navy veteran, you know, a lot of the, again, the sci-fi and, um, written by, uh, you know, a lot of infantry or Marine or, you know, other, um, ground forces and stuff. So again, I wanted to create one from the, the Navy and Marine side and, um, you know I kinda let you guys have all the fun. So, yeah. Okay. Try and get something written from a, a squid's perspective. All
0: right. So this is the part where you tell us everything you've written. So uh can you give us the high a reader's digest version?
1: Uh yeah uh so no just the one novel so far uh foreign and domestic and um, it's uh, military, uh, tech thriller, um, based, uh, largely around the Gulf of Mexico, but it's, uh, you know, story about a group of veterans who just get in trouble and get out uh, in over their head and, you know, have to try and save the world. So...
0: Obviously, since uh, this is the only book you've written, we know which book we're here to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, where did you come up with the idea for this uh, premise? Was it psychedelics, Ouija board, overindulging in that sludgy Swabies call coffee?
1: Uh, I it was probably having one too many midnight to zero six hundred watches. And, um, it uh, a couple of the inciting incidences I, I had in my mind for. 12, 15 years, um, and you know it's it's based a lot around uh, you know Houston and the Gulf. But um, when I I came up with the idea, I was still up in the northwest. But um, yeah, again, it's just something I I wanted to read a story I would like and okay um, so and just kind of then you know all the stuff in the middle just kind of pieced it together and see where it went
0: okay so this is the part where we ask you to tell us all about this well okay let me see if I can blow that up a little bit um, all right so this is the part where you tell us all about this glorious cover. So, uh, how does the story of this piece of uh, modern naval art come to be?
1: Yeah, that is, uh, you know, really cool. If I must say, I was I was blown away when I got it back from the designer. But um, uh, it's one of those where the artist uh, definitely knew what they were doing because uh, I gave them a list of what I wanted to see and what I thought would look cool based off of. A lot of the other books I had on my shelf and whatnot, and they completely ignored me. (laughs) And you're pleased with the results, I take it? Yes. So, but I was actually really tough. It took a lot of back and forth because, um, you know, no one has a picture of a submarine underwater. So, um, you know, I wanted. Um, a submarine on the cover, and, you know, a few other things. But, um, you know, the the pictures that were out there were uh, not very good. So it almost came to the point of uh, scrapping it all together and starting over or rewriting a large part of my book. So uh, luckily I was able to come together in the end um, to find something, um, that looked good and that, uh, wasn't going to get torn apart by my colleagues. So you were a Submariner? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so more on the book itself. So can you give us the 30 second elevator pitch for this novel?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, like I said, it's, um, group of veterans who get, um, hired, uh, more or less for, uh, um, black ops, uh, undercover type stuff just to, um, you know, try and uncover some things. And then they end up, you know, of course, getting, getting in way over their head and, uh, you know, no, no plan survives contact with the enemy. So it just, kind of spirals out of control from there
0: okay and so what is it you think that makes your series and this first novel in it special
1: um one of the things I like about it the most was that um being a Submariner and being um you know it's such a a tight-knit family that um I was able to bring a lot of that to it and the the team dynamic. Um, and then just all the, the technical parts, uh, both from my military background as well as my uh, Marine offshore background. Uh, as okay. far as all the, the technology and the, the places and characters and
0: all right. So, what tropes do you feel that foreign and domestic hits the best? Mm. So the incompetent mm-hmm. officer, the uh, I don't know, just just spitballing here. But what uh, what do you think this story does the best?
1: What I think it does the best is that um, I think like uh, well, there's a, a one saying we have of um, how do you find an average submariner? And the the answer is there isn't one. Um, so you know everybody, uh, you know like veterans there's always you know that one thing about them and that um you know they never give up they never die uh you know never give up the ship mentality that uh, no matter how bad or bleak things seem that you know you just you just keep fighting to the bitter end and even if you have to fight yourself with each other to do it.
0: Okay, so besides the uh, military thriller, what other subgenres did you uh, did you think this story hits?
1: Mm, this one, probably not many. Um, but the future books, I I definitely want to get more into, or are getting more into the uh heavier sci-fi um uh definitely as far as the weapons go okay uh there's some uh there's some light touches in it in this one um but uh when i was finishing this one um i definitely tried to stay on the the thriller side of things um just because the I thought the the heavy sci-fi world was so competitive and um, largely what I had with this one was just a tech thriller. Um, even though it's you know high tech and speculative. But yeah. there's I think there's okay. anything too far out in this one.
0: Okay, so now on to the uh, the story itself. So what can you tell us about the main character? What makes him or her unique in the crowded field of, um, of fiction?
1: Uh, one thing that I think is really unique is, um, you know, I wrote it from, uh, you know, kind of the enlisted non-com uh, Navy uh, perspective, um, and you know all the things they deal with, like you said, the the incompetent officers, the or other, you know, supervisors that are, you know, uh, stubborn's not the right word, but you know, it's just. Um, But it, yeah, just written from that kind of perspective. It's even the the other ones that I've I've found uh, similar to it are uh, written by officers.
0: So um, so let's be more specific. Who is your main character, other than just the generic? Oh, sorry. sorry.
1: So the main character. Um, uh, there's four main characters, but the main main one. Um, is his name's Cameron Gray. Um, And um, it's definitely, he's the main main character because most of it is written from uh, first person, his perspective. Um, But he's, you know, I think he's like a a lot of vets. He never um, fit in uh, outside of the military. And then you know is kind of a, a second chance for him and um even the other members on the team is like you know they're after you've been trained to do one thing it's not always easy to um fit in somewhere else so, okay you know find life outside
0: okay uncle sam so, so were there any uh secondary characters that were especially memorable, memorable for you
1: yeah uh one of them um it actually uh turned in uh cam's wife um jessica um she she did a, a lot of things kind of uh, kind of behind the scenes but then you know the more and more things went on um she um you know came much more to the the front and you know couldn't hide in the shadows anymore and um, you know, which wasn't intentional but you know it just that's how it grew and how her character developed
0: based on your own wife i presume no <laughs> No, the right answer is always yes, of yeah. course, all of the good females are based on your wives so uh, what about the bad guys? uh obviously, we don't want any spoilers, but what's what are the bad guys that the main characters have to confront?
1: Well, like the title says um you know the the story's foreign and domestic, and um like you said the the title and the um the storyline was something i I had pretty much from the start so I knew I this is what the story I wanted and the title I wanted and um so you know maybe sometimes bad guys isn't is too strong a word but um you know they they there's, they face opposition from everybody, more or less.
0: Fair enough. So uh, speaking of characters, if yours ever met you in a back alley, how do you think you would fare after the hell that authors normally put their characters through? So given what you've done to your characters throughout this novel, if it's a thriller, I don't imagine you can give a lot of concrete examples without spoilers. But given all of that, how do you see that reaction playing out? Interaction, I should say.
1: Uh you know, after the gun smoke settles and the, the fist fights and the knife fights are all done, that um, maybe they won't be that angry with me. Because, um, you know, they, you know, I got them into trouble, but, you know, they got themselves into a lot of trouble too. But, um, you know, maybe at the, the end of the day, they won't completely hate me because of...
0: Okay, so um, when does your um, chef, who somehow inexplicably was a Navy SEAL, uh, bake you a cake that a former uh, adult entertainer jumps out of? Oh, is it the wrong book?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a joke, by the way. That was a Stephen Poole-out That
1: was joke. a good one.
0: <laughs> um in case the youngins haven't seen Steven Seagal.
1: Oh, uh, He's the guy
0: that does weird Jew, Jew, karate, something. I don't know. Whatever that is. Uh, yeah,
1: unfortunately, I saw that one. <laughs> Fortunately.
0: Yeah, all right. So, um finally, what can you tell us about the universe? In many series where the, the worlds where the story is told is as much a character as a protagonist, so what can we expect? Is this just modern times in Go? Did you add any twists, alternate timelines?
1: It's mostly um, as is near future, um, you know, as things are now um, with, you know, technology being the the biggest change.
0: So did you set a concrete time or do you keep it near future to try to keep the book from aging?
1: Oh, no, I... um, at the end of the day, I ended up setting a date. Um, that's what my editor suggested. So it's um, it's a few years from now. Um, okay. It's 2026. Okay. So So Yeah, I mean, because I kind of left it out to leave it gray. But then at the end of the day, also, like if if i'm wrong about some things five years from now i'm i'm not going to lose any sleep over it so um you know i have the the time date stamps on all of my scenes so um in the end i ended up putting a year on it just for clarity's sake
0: okay so uh Foreign and Domestic is clearly part of a series. I know because it says so on the uh on the Amazon page and on the cover. There's currently one book out in the series and two listed on your website with the second one being listed as pending. But uh after that, is their story done? Will there be more of these characters? Where do you see this
1: this universe going? I'm hoping it keeps going. Um I'm uh you know, I just have the two others right now, but I'm I'm also already like 12% of the way through book number two. And, you know, I can already see where it's spiraling further on and, you know, growing bigger in uh, missions and scope and uh, things like that. But, um, no, I'd love to keep it going as, as long as possible. So I have no plans to stop at three. That's just the three I had okay. You know, uh, last year or so when I set the website up. And...
0: Okay. So uh, we know that every literary universe has its own consistent, internally consistent rules of science, technology, and or magic. So what sort of tech could we expect from these books? Obviously, it's near future, so we would expect everything we have and then some. So in this case, in your near future, what is the and then some? Uh,
1: the end... In- the then sum is um, as I touched on uh, fusion reactors a little bit, but um, a lot of it has to do with uh, the kit, the gear that the guys use um, as far as you know computing power,, um, borderline AI and just um, all their, their weapon tools. Um uh, I don't know if I can go more and do it than that without spoiling a bunch of stuff, but okay,
0: so given that your experience on submarines and all of that stuff is classified, did you have to get this approved through anybody to publish it or
1: uh no, um um because I um. there's nothing really um, from like the US in there or anything like that. Everything um, I put in there, um, I went and looked up, you know, wiki or, you know, other open source um, materials. Okay.
0: So of all the tech that uh, that you have in your universe, uh, often, because it's a military thriller, being unattainable to the average person. But of all of the tech that you've got in there, what would you like to have for your daily your daily use?
1: I think definitely the the computing power and the the AIs and um, you know if if I have to fill out one more Excel sheet, sometimes I think I'm just going to scream. Okay.
0: So given that you said the computing power would be what you would want for your daily use in the AIs, how would you abuse that tech? Because we all know, like, if I have a lightsaber, I'm totally going to be cutting random stuff in half and might even cut my legs off. Right. So how are you going to use and abuse this uh, this daily computing power? Oh i definitely just use it for a game of some sort. Like, oh, now I can run this game even quicker.
1: Yeah, I, something like that or, um, you know, some way to get more free stuff, I guess. <laughs>
0: fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so does this universe have any aliens in it since you did mention a little bit of the sci-fi you were going to do in the future books? No. All right. Well, then here's a hypothetical for you. Assuming that you write at some point in time alien creatures, how do you think you'll go about doing that? Would you let nature inspire you, your nightmares, or just uh, build something completely from the ground up? Thought exercise.
1: Yeah. um, Probably my nightmares, I guess. You know, I. You know, other than the little green men. I think most of the the series I enjoy reading have you know like the the humanoid um, sort of uh, characters rather than the you know the exotic animal ones that you know sometimes a little bit too crazy for me. Okay. I think that's probably the route I would go. Of.
0: So this is a military thriller. So other than obviously your own book, what, uh, what's your favorite military thriller author?
1: Uh, well, aside from, uh, Tom Clancy, um, it definitely have to be like a Brad Thore or Stephen Kuntz. Um, okay. I think that's where I took a lot of the, not examples, but, um, Kind of the clandestine, you know, way off the books kind of um, universe in the, uh, maybe more team-based. Okay. All
0: right. Well, that's a good answer. Uh, so as this uh, interview is winding down and I appreciate, uh, dear listener, that uh, it's been a little bit Uh, Different, a little lower uh, Pace, but uh, I have been On the other side of that microphone as a debut Author on my very first ever interview And it isn't easy, And I promise you That as passionate as about these Books, he's going to get only better from here And before you know it, he's going to be hosting The Late Show Um, But um, as we wrap this up, was there Anything about foreign and domestic The Texan Armada saga That we didn't ask that you want to tell us? No, I
1: think Covered it pretty well. So um, right now
0: it's available in ebook. Are, uh is there a paperback format that I missed?
1: Yeah, there. The paperback just came out a couple weeks ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would have prepped this before that
0: um, because we ran into a uh, scheduling snafu. So these have been sitting prepped for a little bit. What about uh, audiobook? Any plans to do audio for this?
1: Eventually, I think um, not right now, but it's something I'm, I'm researching into, you know, just how I want to do it. Um, I do it myself or outsource it, or, you know, just all the logistics behind it, I just haven't quite unturned that stone yet.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. It is a, it's definitely a hurdle fiscally and otherwise. Um, so Brandon, how can uh, listeners find you?
1: Um, the best way would be my website, which is uh, thesterncastlewriter.com, um, but uh, also um, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and you know usual places. Um, and you can see the show notes for those addresses.
0: All right, we'll have all of that in the show notes. You can find us, dear listener and viewer, on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters, tech and tech blades, anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades. You can find us on Twitter at sf underscore fantasy underscore show, sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can email us again at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. And you can support the show over at uh, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast, and I will make sure that uh, gets distributed out to my intrepid co-hosts. We will keep them duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. Uh, or you can support us on a reoccurring monthly basis at anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades um so thank you for spending some of your precious time for us for nick garber and doc saska i am jr hanley and this was the blasters and blades podcast we'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture cheesy jokes and all things that go boom